Hello, everybody. Um, today, I've got 20 questions for you to ask yourself. Um, and I can guarantee that asking these questions of yourself is going to do something. I can't guarantee it'll be good. Actually, I can guarantee it'll be good. Asking questions is always good for you. Uh, so let's see here. 20 questions. Now, I've prepared this lift, uh, list uh, and this lift uh, very carefully with the help from my companion here, uh, Buddha, Siddhartha. Um, if you can't see this, there's a little Buddha statue who communicates with me telepathically. Uh, Ramses the Great is um, having a nap right now, so Buddha it is. And uh, yeah, we've been consulting and um, contemplating, if you will, um, and... Uh, this is the the lift, uh, the lift, which we have come together with. So, number one, uh, who am I? Who are you? Who am I? Uh, okay, am I Jamie? Okay, what is Jamie? Isn't that just a name that my parents gave me? Okay, am I Greg? They could have called me Greg. I am Greg. Uh, doesn't really feel. But then I am Jamie. Oh, that feels pretty good. But is that? Hmm. To what extent is that true? I am Jamie. Who am I? Does it perhaps it goes deeper than that? Perhaps in the stillness and silence of the infinite, you will uh, find that that question is itself an answer, and that it is an opening of the mind. This question opens the mind, and there you are. So number two, is Jamie serious about telepathically just kidding? No, that's not a question to ask yourself. Um, maybe uh, what things about me might be weird to other people, but I should keep doing it and I should just rock and roll with it anyway because I like it. Um, Two, three, three. Um, uh, what question should I be thinking of? Or what question should I be asking? Maybe the question is, what question should I be asking? Maybe that's the question you should be asking like as often as possible. Because every, something I think Tim Ferriss pointed out, it's about asking good questions. A lot of kind of, progress in any domain is kind of asking the right questions so what are the right questions well good question <laughs> so uh but yeah is there like what question should i be asking similar to is there something i should be is there something i'm forgetting is there something i should be aware of but i'm not aware of um uh or is there something i should be coming into awareness of but yeah, so what should what question should you be asking? You know, uh, that's a good one. Um, what's that? I think it's three, right? Who am I? What weird things? What about me is might be considered weird, but that I shouldn't. I should kind of become aware of it. I think it become aware of it, then you'll be. Uh, you might notice, like, oh, actually, sometimes I kind of pull that and hide that a little bit from people. Um, but just to bring into awareness, what is it that other people might think is weird, but you think is cool, and so rock with it, you know? Bring it out. Three, uh, what question should I be asking? Four, um, what are my blind spots? You know, and you can't really notice a blind spot because then it's not a blind spot anymore. Um, but that's good to have less or fewer perhaps I could say, blind spots. Um, and uh, so, yeah, what? Car, even if you don't find things, um, like maybe you will, and you're, oh, great, one fewer blind spot. But now oh, um, it's also possible you will just not um, encounter anything. But I think that self-awareness and stretching the mind is healthy. Um, five, 
uh, what gives me happiness? What gives me happiness? Six, what gives me a sense of purpose? Meaningfulness, some sort of, um, you know, you've got, we've all got the, it's Eckhart Tolle would call it the inner purpose. The, he talks about this in the A New Earth, um, this book he wrote, um, someone wrote, um, or no one wrote, but, uh, and uh, about how everyone shares the same inner purpose of just being here in the present and waking up through just being here, just be here now. Be one with life, and uh, but then your outer purpose, your outer your purpose in terms of like form, like the dimension of movement and time and duality and change, um, and uh, that's beautiful too, and to be honoured also as part of balance and so and just it's fun, you know. So what is your purpose, or what gives you a feeling of purpose? Um, and I think if you don't have some an answer to that question, then you should keep asking that question. And you should find something. And if you're still having trouble finding it, you just keep exposing yourself to a, as great a diversity of people, experiences, places, things, and ideas as possible. Um, and you'll start to resonate with some and not resonate with others. Um, and then you'll be able to, you know, both for happiness and purpose, I think. Um, seven. Um, is seven the most magically powerful number for me? Yes or no? Maybe there's another number. I don't know. Uh, eight. Um, let's see. Um, perhaps you're aware, if you speak more than one language, you may have noticed that there's, I suppose you will have noticed, that there's different structures. Like the same idea in English could be, um, I am hungry. And so in French, you'd say, what? So, Oh, is it j'ai faim or je suis faim? Um, it's either I have hunger or I am I am hungry. I can't remember. Oh, well. Um, it's too much. Um, but then in Irish, it'd be like, uh, like uh, I um, is hunger on me. Like be hunger on me. Or like kind of like hunger is on me, you know? Um, so that's just a simple example, but there's different, the same idea, or if you say, oh, you know, um, I'm, I'm catching up, like, um, yeah, how's your thing going? Oh, say you're, you're messaging someone who doesn't speak your language and you're saying, oh, you know, like, um, I'm catching up on some reading, some books. I'm, I'm pretty good. And then, you know, maybe when they maybe you translate your thing into their language, right? Just make it easier for them, right? Um, or maybe they're just reading it just in English. But either way, you could run up into the issue of like catching, what you're catching up, like like kind of like you're grabbing something and moving your hands upwards. What do you mean? Oh, right, that's a phrasal verb. Catch up means like, you know, um, uh, remediate uh uh, falling behind, you know, kind of catch up, you um, accelerate your progress on something or um, bring yourself up to uh, a level of um, being where you should be or where you'd like to be um, in some sort of task, which involves time and progress. So, you know, in other languages, they, they might have it totally, they don't have that thing, catch up, like catch, you catch a ball and then up like, above you why is that the expression for that idea another language might have a totally different thing and you know so that's why google translate runs into so many problems so anyway so much to say um that you, you the language you speak um is that just because that's the language you've been born into using is that actually the language which you can express yourself best in and experience yourself and life in best. Uh, or we could even say that the language that life, that yourself and even life in general can express itself best for you and likewise for experience, which is kind of the opposite direction of the flow of life, you know, coming into you. Um, 
So I speak English. Is that the language which I can best express and experience myself in and life in? Maybe. Or maybe it's Irish, which is this, you know, ancestral language that, you know, countless generations of my family uh, who, you know, if you if, if Rupert Sheldrake is right about morphic resonance and morphic fields, perhaps there's some sort of um, synergistic thing going on there where it'll be easier for me to kind of, um, my mind will be able to operate a bit more easily if it's through this language, which has been kind of, you know, had these deep grooves in my ancestry rolled into the, um, the memory field, maybe. Or maybe it's like, oh, no, just my personality, the, you know, um, actually uh, Mongolian, that's just the language for me. Like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I just start picking up a tiny bit of Mongolian. Like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I get basic Mongolian for some reason. I'm like, oh my God, this language gets me and I get it. So what language do you think calls to you? And maybe you might want to consider learning a bit of, even just for a bit of a uh, bit of fun, that maybe it uh, allows you to, I don't know, have some uh, better experience and expression through. So what language is it then, huh? Um, is it your own language that you're currently speaking? Great. Is it body language? Is it the language of uh, winks and nudges? Is it the language of Morse code? Uh, all these options are open to you. Nine. Is nine the most magically patterned? Just kidding. Um, let's see. Nine. What is my spirit animal? <laughs> Even if you don't believe in spirit animals, um, which would be a bit rude, to be fair. I mean, what if they didn't believe in you? You know, how would you feel about that? So, um, but yeah, but say, uh, you know, do yeah. Uh, I like the question. What is your spirit animal? Instead of like, if you had one, what would it be? Just presuming that it's real. Um, but uh, yeah, like. Uh, what Anna, you know, just to answer that question itself is interesting. Even if you think that's nonsense, do you think that answering or exploring that question will make you a worse person or a better person? I reckon, you know, entertaining something like that can, isn't um, a test of your cognitive versatility um, and flexibility. And uh, also, you know, yeah, just playfulness, you know, just, wow, why not? Yeah. That's an, that's a weird question. Let's see. Um, and uh, you might find that, oh, it's some quality which you really admire in yourself or that you really appreciate in yourself and you're grateful for. Um, or it might be a quality that you feel like you don't so much have, but you would like to acquire. So whether it's what you have and you want or what you don't have, you want, um, I guess it would be some sort of quality that you want um, and something, yeah, that you resonate with. Um, so... Uh, yeah. What would it be? I kind of like lions. Lions are majestic and uh, powerful, but noble, and putting power to um good use, at least in the symbolic sense. I mean, they're also eating the faces off a bunch of gazelles and stuff, but which I'm not too into in general. Um, but uh, well, maybe a phoenix. Phoenixes are pretty cool. Technically not real, but technically neither are spirit animals, according to. Richard Dawkins, um, and his uh, deep analysis of the subject. But um, so, but yeah, you know, Phoenix, like uh, eternal return, uh, birth, rebirth, um, turning over a new leaf, constant, you know, as Dylan says, you know, the, the artist has to be in a constant state of change. Um, or, you know, that thing like no man crosses the same river twice, because it is not the same river and he is not the same man, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, your, all your body, every cell in your body is um, replaced every 10 years at the max and a bunch of, most of your body is like much more rapidly, like um, maybe every cell in your tongue or something will be replaced, every, you know, every few years. It's gradually replaced, you know, but I think your bones take the longest and it's like eight, nine years or something. But yeah, and then, you know, your whole, you know, the way you think, your personality is all changing, da, da, da. Um, but maybe, uh, who am I? Maybe Greg is changing, but maybe the infinite consciousness, uh, the unspeakable, ineffable, thisness of that and thatness of this 
the uh, isness of the present moment when the veil of words is let to shimmer itself gracefully to pull upon the floor um, and we see directly. Um, so, yeah, what's your spirit animal? Um, Ten. Um, what 20 questions would I ask? A I invite a stranger. Well, let's maybe not put up to 20, but let's say, what questions would I invite a stranger to think about in order to improve their lives? That could be a question for you also. All right. So 11, um, what is your earliest memory? Um, and what, apart from being cool that you have this memory, what can it offer you to improve your life now? Is there anything in it, maybe something that's very sweet that you like about it or something difficult about it um, uh, that you'd want to maybe avoiding or trying to protect yourself against or learn to interact with skillfully? Um, or yeah, maybe it's something just you're really grateful for and something that's really nice that, yeah, I should focus more on just kind of hanging out and having parties. I have this memory of like blowing bubbles at my birthday party when I was a tiny kid and okay, cool. So. 11. Um, so uh, 12. Let's see. Um, hmm, 12. Uh, Buddha, what, what did we uh, arrange earlier? 12, question. Um, what is your favorite color? I mean, uh, I like sky blue. Very peaceful and I don't know. Seems like like a you know imagine like ice blue lightsaber that'd be pretty cool, um, but I don't know why exactly. But it's just kind of peaceful. But then green is like growth. That's really beautiful. But then also kind of like that red, like the kind of almost orangey red, like when you you know you look you close your eyes and the color of you know say a sunset or just bright sunlight pouring through your eyelids, kind of you have that kind of pinkish reddish color. That's pretty nice um radiant energy um what do you like and you know might be a silly question might seem like it but i don't know i think uh at least you'll be prepared when you know talking buddha statues accost you in the street and ask you and as a side benefit um you might also uh uncover uh some aspect of yourself in the process of like oh yeah I kind of like this. Why? Hmm, interesting. Um, let's see. 13. Uh, what superstitions do you hold or kind of bow to? Um, I mean, I don't open umbrellas inside. I don't like walk under ladders. I don't know why, but it's kind of like, yeah, maybe just a respect for the unknown and the things that I don't know. Some people said that there's something to this, even though umbrellas haven't been around that long. I guess that's kind of ridiculous. But, well, it's no harm to get the water off outside, but I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe maybe that's, you know, like, oh, maybe there's no need for that. But then again, it's like, oh, maybe there's some sort of mystical black magic shenanigans going on in the peripheries of the universe. And um, our ancestors were more in tune with these things. And they're like, don't, you know, um, open... Uh, don't open a, I guess they didn't have umbrellas. I'm trying to think what might be, you know, maybe they're like, yeah, don't, don't open um, your eyes inside. And so that became like, don't open your umbrella, you know, but it may, maybe it's the same thing deep down. Think about it. It's basically the same thing, isn't it? You know, um, let's see. So spooky 13 dealt with what are my superstitions and do I want to hold on to them? Or should I let them go? And it might be not superstitions in the sense of like, oh yeah, you know, I knock on wood when I, you know, whatever, I say something and I'm afraid the universe is going to take it away from me for my goal at just acknowledging something going well or seeming to go well. Um, but also it might be like superstitions, like uh, maybe you have this belief that like, I don't know, certain people in society are just like kind of magical super knowledgeable people maybe doctors or scientists or something like look at the pearly white coats they must know everything instead of being like 
oh, they're human beings. Some of them surely know a lot. Other of them probably know very little and they're just, you know, um, just in like in every uh, every domain of diversity of uh, competences. Um, so let's see. Spooky 13, dealt with. 14. Um, what? Um, let's see. Uh, who do I most admire and to, and in what ways can I invite their, this, the, their spirit into myself? Kind of, um, be more admirable in my own eyes and do things that I want to, you know, just make my, my life better under my own definition of, of better. So, yeah. All right. Let's see. Um, not like you have to copy the person necessarily, but even if there might be an element of imitation to some extent, but that's okay. That can be a precursor to genuine, authentic um, kind of um, embodiment of something. It's, you know, say children start by imitating you know, language or sayings, or your parents say this and you say it, or your, their accents. Then over time, you can kind of turn that into more and more um, unique, distinctive, creative, kind of authentic version. And from a big picture, it's all authentic, isn't it? Because it's just a process of learning. But um, but yeah, uh, could be an imitation of something, or it could just be like, um, oh, I like the way um, James Dean, um, kind of doesn't always need to look happy, and like uh, he looks like he's just kind of in his calm uh, in his own skin, or happy in his own skin, maybe troubled in some ways, but like, he's just, he is who he is. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you want to in, uh, invite that into yourself or maybe it's like, oh, I just love the way like that, um, that, that, uh, old man in that ad, you know, the advertisement dances, man, that's really cool. I want to bring that dance energy into myself, you know, whatever you want. It's your life. Choose your own adventure, my friends. Go to page 52 if you want to get eaten by a tiger. Go to page 116,000 if you want to um, have a candlelit dinner with the energy of dance. Um, so let's see, that's 14, which was, uh, what was the question? Uh, yeah, who do you admire? What do you want to? Absorb from them or how could you, what is it exactly that you admire in that person? Um, and yeah, how can you kind of fulfill, let that seed blossom gloriously, a seed of admiration blossom into the fruit of um, growth, fruit of becoming in your own self. So 15, um, what period of your life did you most enjoy? up until now and um if it's not right now then what aspect of that period can you bring into your current life and um or maybe it's like oh i was at college and i was really carefree i would just go meet all kinds of people all right well okay figure out yeah what is it exactly you like about it and then maybe one or two of those things you might be able to kind of actually sneak in through the back door into your current life like oh i'm going to go to language exchange events, you know, like Mundo Lingo or whatever, just talk to a bunch of people or I'm going to go volunteer like once a month and just meet a bunch of people and just talk to people. Or I'm going to do something totally different once a month and I have no idea what it is. I'll go to like a judo class this day. And then the next time it's like go bird watching or something, just random things. Or like, I'm going to go on a sightseeing tour of my own city and everyone's just going to be confused. Like, why is this guy here? You know, whatever. Um, so yeah, but so what, and if it is the period right now, that's then congratulations. That's great stuff. Um, happy for you. And, uh, th in that case, then what is it about this time that you're really loving and how can you amplify that and bring it to the next level? Cause if it's good for you, truly, then it's going to be good for everyone around you because everyone's going to be happier and more balanced and, you know, help us raise our vibe collectively above the the murk and sinistry um, 
into the glory and the freedom. Um, so love, you know. Um, so that was fifteen, right? That was uh, yeah. What period of your life was your fave? And then sixteen. Um, in what ways can I make myself more valuable to other people? Because some of that's going to be like, oh, that's not really useful. Um, or that's not fair, you know, it'd be, you know, transgressing upon my own dignity or like my own authenticity, you know, your own expression. But um, it's probably a lot of stuff there where it's a bit like an overlap. You're like, oh, yeah, that would be fine by me. And oh, yeah, other people, I would be more valuable to others. Um, like one thing I've been thinking of is like sometimes, you know, I'll, uh, you know, people help me and um, thank God. And, uh, and I think like, oh man, yeah, how can I, I want to like, or I'm going to ask someone for it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think they've already, I haven't helped them really in between the last time they helped me maybe, you know, and like, what can I do? How can I make myself more helpful? So I know it's all love and, you know, people who love you, they just want to be with you. And then if you, you can help them in whatever small ways, or maybe it's just, you know, talking to them and, you know, giving a keen open ear. Um, that might be like one way, a very basic way that everyone can kind of give to each other, just being there, um, being thoughtful. But, um, but yeah, like something practical, like, oh man, what could, what could I do? Like I know, carpentry or something, or just, you know, get some skills where I can just be useful to people more, you know, that'd be pretty cool. But also like, say, if you're looking for a partner, okay, how can I become more valuable as a, like a romantic partner? How can I be someone people want to be with? So if you're like, for example, a very simple one would be physical fitness and being like, if you're not totally in shape, then, and if you're not in a romantic relationship, well, um, you might think that like, oh, you know, people should love me even if I'm not, you know, totally sizzling with sex appeal um, at any given moment in my life. But also like, you know, no one's perfect. Um, and there's many things flying around our psyches, which aren't really us. They're just kind of programs that have been put there by society or like, you know, your parents or like random strangers or that dancing old man from the candlelit dinner on page 116,000. And um, so, you know, there's these influences in us. Um, and so people it could be someone who could be your, your soulmate, like someone who's really perfect for you. But um, maybe, and you for them, you know, and maybe not perfect, but like maybe perfect, it, maybe there's not just one person who's perfect, but there's like many, many people who would be um, like amazing and, um, you know, you can kind of share the road with and maybe there's destiny involved in that or maybe there's not or maybe a bit of both, but whatever, keep it simple. Uh, someone who you could really have a great life with and uplift each other and just dive deep into the love um, and the joy that kind of sharing life with someone, um, then it could be that you would both really get on. But um, for some reason, like, you know, you didn't get that initial spark because you didn't look like someone who's taking care of yourself. Maybe they've got a bad experience of someone who was, you know, kind of parasitical and not, you know, being self-sufficient enough. Or maybe they got, you know, fears put into them from their childhood about, you know, money and not having enough stuff maybe they had like a poor childhood or maybe the you know, parent dad was a gambler or something and it could be that you just being like you know what um it's within my power to just get up at five o'clock every morning and just do like as many push-ups and sit-ups and leg raises and squats or kettlebell lifts if you have one um but just even just body weight stuff like go for a walk and then go for a jog and go for a run and just go j run and walk when you can't and run more and but like running and then just sit-ups, push-ups, leg raises, squats. These are all like, like body weight exercises, calisthenics, um, uh, stretching, um, the, uh, dancing, of course, dancing, especially in your sleep, that man from, you know, what page. Um, but yeah, these are like, you know, you, you can, you might think I can just do that, uh, make that choice and just have that in the background. Like, I don't have to spend any energy on it anymore because I just made the decision. No, I'm not going to like, go half asked with it. I'm just going to do that. And then I'm just going to totally commit to it. So I don't have to worry about it and think about it. Oh, am I going to still do it? I'm going to change my mind. No, nah, just do it. Make it easy. Just do it. Just not worry about it. Not think about it. 
and you get up at five and you do as many as you can. And maybe your willpower is not so good one day. Okay. You're all right. I'm literally getting up just to kind of cheat the system and do one push up, one squat, one sit up. That's fine. You know, like, um, and then, oh, but I did it. And you don't get that demon coming in like, oh, you're not good enough. See, you couldn't do it, could you? Ha ha. Hey, you're the one who told me to stop. Shh. <laughs> like um, Muji, the spirit, little aside here, Muji, the spiritual teacher has this hilarious thing where it's like, oh, the ego or the mind, you know, the false self will be like, I'm like, oh, go on, just have a piece of cake. Like, No, 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 I shouldn't. I shouldn't, you know. Oh, go on. It's just one piece of cake. Just have a little piece of cake. No, 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 I don't want it. I, I know it looks good, but I... I'm fine. I, I, I'm better than that. I'm, I'm trying to be healthy. I don't, oh, just have it. It's just so delicious. Okay, fine. You eat the cake. And then the mind says, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, and then you're like, oh, it's like, how could you do that? You're terrible. Just, it's so funny. We take it seriously rather than being like, hey, you would just criticize it. You were the one who told me to do this. Why am I even listening to you? You psychopathic devil on my shoulder. Anyway, um, but so what was the point there? Um, so yeah, get up. You can just get up at five a.m. or something and just do that a little bit every day. And maybe some days you do more, some days less. And then you might find that oh, I'm really you know uh, much healthier and fitter. And then that might kind of help this prospective love interest um, to fall deeply and madly in love with you because there's some an initial spark and look let's be real you know we're animals there's um and that's part of the fun and the good news is everyone can um get healthy that's totally you know look at the wim hof method that'll help even things like the immune system and all that um the wim hof method very powerful stuff um lots and lots of scientific evidence behind it but also case uh, like anecdotes like people who have been like i had real serious conditions and this thing helped me reset through cold exposure, breathing, and um, mindfulness or mindset, um, more or less, if I'm not butchering it, something like that. And Wim's just hilarious and awesome. Um, but uh, so that, and you know, some basic, you know, eat, you know, kind of natural food. Try to cut down on the sugar and you know the madness of like random additives and chemicals and pesticides that are, you know, they kill all the little insects, but they're fine for you. You can eat the vegetables with all the poison, you know. Like, uh, are you sure? Yes, I work for the chemical company. I mean, y y yes, I care about you. Um, so, but yeah, basically, you know, everyone can be healthy and then, you know, and, um, and everyone can be themselves and that's really what everyone just wants anyway. Someone who's just, who just be themselves and give the, them the, the invitation and the freedom to just be their self, themselves, I should say. But uh, anyway, so you might think like, you know, you, how could you be a more valuable partner to someone, you know? Um, romantically even and that could be a physical thing or it could be like oh develop my talents or chill out a bit just relax or maybe i don't know whatever it is could be anything you know um and uh yeah take baby steps so there's a little question how could you be more valuable to other people um now 16 i believe so 17 hmm um given that hmm let's see um, hmm, 17. Well, I asked about blind spots, which I guess is like, um, things you're not aware of in general, um, which is always a good, and a great question. There's some book called, um, don't sweat the small stuff brackets and it's all small stuff just these little quotes um, on different topics and really good, actually. Very cool. Kind of like mindfulness or just self-awareness kind of stuff, like self-development, but pretty simple and chill and funny and, yeah, and useful. Um, but they were saying, you know, like a great thing to do is to ask people every now and then, hey, would you do me a favor? <laughs> you know, oh, sure. Um, what Could you tell me, like, what do you, what do you think um, – are my blind spots or what, what, what is a blind spot I have, you know, see what they say. And then, um, or if like, Oh, I don't know, but Oh, think about it. If you could next time, sometime I see you next come to me, let me know. I'd be really grateful. I really want to know, you know, <laughs> like, um, I should do that to people. 
Um, anyway, so uh, but yeah, but super blind spots. But um, uh, we could say uh, okay, but it kind of it's different, different enough. Let's say um, are there any power structures which I am trusting too much? Um, when perhaps evidence might indicate um might warrant uh, might indicate that uh qu some questioning is warranted um so are there any uh, power structures i am trusting too much um uh, are there any power structures not trusting enough maybe maybe the divine uh, web of life or uh yeah all right so what is my relationship of trust in authority let's put that that's question 17 um 18 i'm not making these up on the spot by the way i'm just trying to remember what my future self um will be remembering um and what my past self was anticipating um so 18 let's see um question for you to ask yourself um uh what things could be do i do which could be classified as addictive behaviors to some extent like it's kind of a little bit impulsive and a little bit irrational like um you know maybe you do it and it makes you happy it feels good but then maybe you do it enough maybe it costs enough money or it has enough of an impact on other aspects of your life where Sometimes you kind of wonder whether you, maybe you're giving it a bit too much space and presence in your life. And then even that doubt, even if that wasn't true, that doubt kind of poisons your mind a little bit because you're kind of like, oh, you're not too sure you can trust yourself. It's not so good. Um, so, um, and it might be the case that you're just being neurotic and just worrying too much. Or maybe it's the case that like, oh, no, there's something, uh, you know, I, I um which is kind of like being a little bit um, almost like a parasite in me. Like even if it's something really beautiful and really good um, and which some people might be able to have with like no negative effects, um, perhaps for you, it's just you're giving it um, a place in your life, which is not suitable. Like maybe it needs um, less of a space in your life and other people that maybe that thing would need more of a space even, you know, but, um, and so, yeah, is there anything which, you know, maybe other people, let's say, other people might see as addictive in me or just as a way to get, you know, get another angle on it. it. But basically, is there anything that, do I have any potential addictive behaviors? And if so, is it the case that, like, would I feel that if I um, bring them under control more and if I limit this activity significantly for now, temporarily, three months or something. Um, if I limit this thing's presence in my life, the extra happiness from that feeling of self-control and the ability to change and um, the reassurance that I can do that and so therefore maybe certain other neurotic things, which are actually, there's no problem, but you're worrying a bit, maybe they would kind of disappear because you'd feel confident enough to know, oh no, actually I can control myself. Would that boost in self-belief and self-discipline and um, kind of just humility and minimalism, kind of ability to live a kind of stoic Spartan existence if need be, the ability to cut back, to be lean like a tiger, like a warrior, um, that positive feeling you'd get from limiting this potentially addictive, potentially innocent um, behavior or thing in your life would that positive feeling you get from that change, self-belief, all that, self-control, um, and giving up things and being happy with less, would that positive feeling be greater or lesser than the positive feeling you would be getting if you didn't give up this activity? So say, oh, you really love drinking, um, if you cut down, instead of drinking every day, you drank once a week, um, think about all the fun times you would not be having. 
all those six days of like, you get that buzz and the drink and it feels good. And it kind of maybe opens you up in certain ways and um, comforting. Maybe it helps balance out some, you know, other nonsense you have to deal with in your life. Um, there's a gen, you know, give the devil his due. Uh, there's a genuine um, kind of happiness or f pleasure at least, which um, you're presumably getting from this thing. So um, weigh that up against the, the good feeling you would get from um, reining this thing in just for th three months or however long you want, 10 days, whatever you want, um, which would be greater. The, the feeling you're, um, you're giving up there of, you say, in this case, alcohol, like the pleasure from that and the happiness from that, would that really be greater than the happiness you'd be getting by just making that change? and controlling yourself more. Um, and uh, be aware that you can do either one. You're totally able to do either one, whatever, you know, it's just a matter of choice. It's really just a matter of um, having a clear enough perspective. Once you understand what I'm kind of uh, talking about here, I think um, you'll see that it's really just a matter of um, once there's enough consciousness, once there's enough understanding of what I really want, meaning what is really good for me, um, then it's not really a matter of willpower anymore. Um, the willpower is just really kind of kind of forcing yourself to think about things and be um, questioning and being flexible mentally to consider other angles on things. But once you've actually considered it and you go, okay, drinking gives me this benefit, um, giving up drink will give me that benefit, um, you might go, oh, oh I think drinking's... <laughs> I'm going to feel better with that. All right, cool. That's where you're at. Then good, do it. But there's a good chance you go, actually, I think that self-control, that sounds great. I'll still drink like once a week. That's, I think I'd be, I think I'd feel better. So then you realize if you choose to drink, it's not like, oh, you know, I don't want to make the sacrifice. Therefore I'm going to drink. No, no, you're making a sacrifice either way because you can go either option. So you have to sacrifice one of them. And if you're going with the, the other, so are you going to sacrifice the good feeling of self-discipline and control and just living your own life, knowing you're not um, a puppet to your random processes, which aren't even you? Um, or are you going to give up some potentially addictive behavior or, or some behavior which is not wrong in itself, but maybe you know it's a bit out of balance um, or could be a bit out of balance, maybe you're wondering. So uh, yeah, you've got to sacrifice one to go with the other. And I think there's a good chance anything that we think is ac actually, um, like, yeah, maybe that is a bit addictive. But actually, uh, ironically, we think that we're making a sacrifice when we give up the thing we want, but actually it's the opposite. It's like um, if, if, we, if we keep indulging in it, that, then we're really making the, the heavy sacrifice in the you know, common understanding of that term. Um, where you're you're getting less, you, you're you're giving yourself a worse deal um, for some reason, um, and that's why it's kind of a parasitic thing because it doesn't really help us. Um, so yeah, the truth is, you would only call it an addiction if it was out of balance with the rest of your life, um, and uh, if it was kind of basically showing almost like a parasitic tendency to overwhelm and you know cream a worm tongue. Uh, esque kind of um, hypnotize your sense faculties. Um, so yeah. So is there anything you're addicted to, or could be kind of a little bit addicted to? Um, not like chemically necessarily, but just like you know, in terms of you really like it and you give it too much space in your life, maybe. Um, and if so, yeah, maybe you want to rein it in a bit. Not even necessarily just give it up totally, but just maybe give it up totally, or maybe just rein it in a little bit for however long you want. And um, yeah, it seems probably a pretty good chance that you'll feel uh, really good. And then you'll actually enjoy it more that one day you're drinking, you'll really enjoy it more probably because, you know, for one thing, you haven't got the hedonic tolerance thing, like um, or hedonic adaption or whatever it's called um, where like, you know, you, if you get pleasure all the time, it becomes less salient. You notice it less, um, but also just, you know, you'll be, able to have it guilt-free like yeah cool i'm just doing my thing so um let's see um now that was 18 i think yes 18 so 
um, any potential addictions? And would I feel better if I just kind of took that, controlled that a bit more? Would I feel better? Is that the easier thing for me? Make my life easier. If, if you feel better, then life's easier, right? So, um, all right, 19. Uh, two more questions. Let's see. Um, what were the questions I wanted to ask? Um, what could you ask yourself? Hmm. Oh, uh, well. Let's see. Yeah, well, what is, what is my gift I can give to the world? I guess that's kind of connected to purpose. What do you, what do, you do for a feeling of purpose? But maybe it's a bit separate enough, I'd say, because what, uh, what do you do for a feeling of purpose uh, or a sense of purpose? That's like, you know, contributing, having something meaningful. But maybe you might go, actually, I think there's this other thing which I don't really do ever, but I think I actually am pretty good at that. Or maybe I just do it for myself, but my feeling of purpose comes more from this other thing in my life I do. But um, what is your gift? What, what would you say is your unique gift you could give to the world? Something that other people can't really give as much. Um, uh, something where for whatever reason your configuration you know all the lego blocks of divine lego blocks of the universe put together um as you there's something certain things you're not as good at as some other people and there's certain things which you're better at than other people and within what you're better at something there somewhere where it's like a particularly clear um grace gift you have so what would it, what would it be and then um, how can you delve deeper into that and bring that to fruition for yourself and therefore also for everyone? Um, number 20, let's see here. Mm. Um, let's see, what life do you want in the future? You know, through when you're, if you're 20, okay, then where do you want to be when you're 30 and you're 40 and you're 50 and you're 60 and you're 70 and you're 80, etc. And do you want children? Do you want a wife or husband and you want children? Um, if so, when? And if you're a woman, then, you know, you have to be realistic about um, the biological clock um, because a lot of, you know, it does start ticking especially if there's a lot of unhealthy stuff in the environment these days we're exposed to so that potentially limits fertility even more um, and then with you know people having more options women having thank god more options in society um there's a it's a double-edged sword where you know more education stuff you know maybe people delay things a bit and then that could kind of come back to bite them sometimes it's unfortunately it seems that's quite common with um women who want to have children who then you know whether for bi the biological clock reasons or just finding a partner running up against yeah time basically because often because they were you know pursuing education and their and their life in that way um but then you could also say this kind of socio-cultural historical processes at work like less you know um matchmaking and stuff going on less tightly regulated communities but um which has pros and cons i guess um but let's just say for you what do you want in the future and do you want a family and if you do, um, you know, let's get to work setting the, setting the stone, um, the stones, paving the path. Like, okay, um, do you want to have? Say you're a guy, okay, you, you know, you're looking, you know, you're going out and you want to have fun with, you know, women and, but you know, I don't really want anything serious right now. Okay, well, when do you want to have, say, children? And then, because when you meet an amazing woman you might want to be thinking like, all right, could you be like a, a mother, you know, maybe like get that kind of might seem crazy, but it's like, you know, time doesn't, it's not that long, you know? Um, so if you meet someone who's amazing, you know, get her before someone else does. And okay. Then you two, if you're good together, then you can start creating that life and moving on. And then you set that into stone and you, you know, you can have that kind of progressing and then you can maybe, um, start bringing in other things. Okay, what else do I want to do? And kind of wait for opportunities and start bringing it in and setting these layers upon layers. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, 
the time in my life, like kind of earlier, I was maybe like teenager, late teens or something, where I kind of felt like, you know, like, oh, I was a bit behind the clock. Like I'd been, had my nose in the books too much and, you know, hadn't, oh, I hadn't really been doing this and that. And, um, but then I, and I think, yeah, it's kind of not such a nice feeling to feel like you've been, you know, wasting your life, you know, or, um, not really hip to the times and knowing what's going on and being behind, you know, it's not such, yeah, it's not a good feeling to feel like being behind in general. It's, and it's a wonderful feeling to feel like you're exactly where you, you, you should be. And so, um, side note, I like how this dark gloomy room here now looks like a Renaissance painting sort of, um, beautiful. Um, so, but yeah, so to be right where you are, woo, lovely. So, but yeah, so what do you want in the future? I would, and you can ask yourself this and, um, kind of when, and you know, if you've, you do it early enough, you can, it's a lot easier to actually make it happen and you can go, Oh yeah, I'd kind of like to do this, but then, and that, by then, all right. So kind of, and think it's not, what should I be doing? It's not like responsibility, like, Oh, you know, someone, you know, God, you know, God and Jesus keep ganging up at me and telling me what to do. No, it's just, what do you want? You know, under your own definitions, there's just, I think a matter of mindfulness and um, self-awareness not getting lost in the trivial things of just here and now in one sense, but getting lost uh, or getting found in the magnificent, meaningful things of the here and the now. We've just given capital letters to distinguish them. Um, uh, so, but yeah, so what do you want? And um, once you know kind of like what you might want, what you do want, what you might want and what you don't want, then you can start setting things into motion to kind of bring it to be. Um, so, yeah. What do you want? Do you want to finish this podcast? Hey, me too. What a coincidence. So um, thank you for your time and attention. And um, I encourage you to encourage yourself uh, to answer these 20 questions. And even more important than answering them is to ask them. Slow on an ish.